0: Welcome to the very first episode of our podcast, which we call Two Doctors on a Drive. The concept is explained uh, in the body of the podcast itself. But briefly, I wanted to say that we are both uh, doctors that work in the field of addiction medicine, and we drive to work together occasionally. Uh, While doing that, we ramble about different topics and thought we might put it on a podcast. So... That's what you're getting today. We hope to do this weekly. We uh, have experimented with various things and made a number of mistakes before we got to where we are now. Uh, Our sound quality uh, is something we're still experimenting with. It appears that uh, using microphones actually worsens the sound quality. If anyone has any suggestions, I'd love to hear them. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors. Our sponsor for this episode is Aqua Recovery Center. Aqua is a 20-bed men's and women's residential treatment facility in lovely Midway, Utah, which which is on the Wasatch Back Mountains. Uh, it sits on 13 acres with a three-acre pond and a 50-foot waterfall and wildlife all around. We are bordered by one of the best trout rivers in the United States. If you wanted to know more about them, you can go to their website, aquarecovery.com. And so, anyway, let's get on with our podcast. Thanks for listening. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Today is
0: the 23rd of October. It's a Tuesday morning. And this is our podcast, which we call Two Doctors on a Drive. In a future podcast, we will introduce your co-hosts, but uh, we'll do the quick introduction right now. My name is Dr. Terry Sellers. I am a board-certified addiction medicine physician. My co-host is
1: Dr. Kristen Brown. I am a doctorate level psychiatric nurse practitioner, working in the field of addiction since 2009.
0: Beautiful. So, the concept of our podcast is, uh, once or twice a week, Kristen and I drive to work together, and uh, we've been talking about doing a podcast for a while, because we see all kinds of information out there that, some of which we love and some of which we hate, and we thought, well, maybe we'll add our voices to that, but... We're going to do our podcast on our drive to work, and we're not going to edit it very much, and we're just going to drive to work and talk about different topics, mostly in the field of addiction medicine, and maybe some that aren't quite as related to addiction. Maybe there'll be some behavioral health in there and that sort of stuff, but today we wanted to talk about Proposition 2. Proposition 2 is, do you know what Proposition 2 is? I don't. I'm
1: just well, kidding. We're gonna go ahead and just um, <laughs> okay. we are uh, we're just gonna get right into the controversial stuff, right? Yeah. Sure. I mean we couldn't start out with like, I don't know something easy. Um, uh,
0: opiates uh coffee flavors are bad. that are
1: really good in Seattle <laughs> or <laughs> Favorite travel destinations. Oh well, that'd
0: be a podcast.
1: That'd be we should
0: do that yeah alright down well, the road
1: that's a, that's a great down
0: idea down the road we'll, we'll put that one in Kauai. yeah <laughs> Paris yeah okay well now we got a podcast we about that okay this podcast is based out of Utah uh, Kristen lives in
1: Provo, Utah and
0: I live in Orem, Utah and Proposition 2 is a bill coming before the Utah electorate in November uh, it's called the Utah Medical Cannabis Act Uh, As you would probably guess if you're from Utah, or if you know anything about Utah, Utah will tend to adopt these kinds of things later than most states for sure. But it's a bill that's coming before the election in November that we're gonna vote on. And we wanted to talk about it because in my estimation, I don't know totally how Kristen feels about this because we haven't really discussed this a bunch before, but it's a terrible bill. It's just a terrible, terrible bill and the name Utah Medical Cannabis Act doesn't even fit what it really is. So, let's get uh let's get to cracking. What uh do you have a topic you want to tackle about the Prop 2?
1: Well, let's go right into, you know, why why it's essentially terrible. You yeah. know, let's differentiate the fact that I think both of us, I mean, we've worked together for many years. I I I understand, um, how you feel about marijuana in general and, but, uh, you know, why we feel like this is not something that we want passed. I, I, I actually don't want this to be passed. And after researching it and kind of making my own conclusions about why not, you know, it comes down to, there's a bunch of things, but it comes down to a pretty simple, fact that calling this a medical bill has potential disastrous uh, outcomes. Now, as far as how we are going to view in the future, what is medicine and what is not, you know, and I think we can really leave out a bunch of the other negative potentials for uh, legalizing marijuana in in Utah, but I think it's okay at this point to make it perfectly clear that uh, as far as I go, in my opinion, is I would consider passing a legalization of marijuana bill before I would pass something or vote to pass something like Proposition 2 because it is shrouded in the name of medicine.
0: So you mean you'd vote to legalize it recreationally?
1: I would vote to legalize it recreationally over this medical
0: marijuana bill at this point, for sure. Okay, well, I I think one of my contentions is that's what we're doing. This essentially is gonna be a recreational marijuana bill, not medical marijuana. So, one of the things that bugs me about the way we're treating marijuana in this day and age is we are shrouding it in this, we're calling it medical marijuana, when in fact we're treating it like no other medicine ever in the history of medicine. I'm bothered a little bit by the fact that, you know, if you bring a new hypertension medication to market, you have to go to the FDA, do all kinds of studies, prove that your drug works, prove that it's effective and that it's safe, and then the FDA votes on it, and then you can market the medication, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now that that process works when you're a company, no one's going to get the... Absolute right to market marijuana as a company, and so that's where this breaks down a little bit. And I get that, but the point is, we have never in the history of a medication just voted on it as a state and say, Hey, that's a medication now. Yeah, it's not how this has ever worked before. Yeah, so there's not a bunch of prospective, double-blind, well-done studies on marijuana to prove that it's safe and effective for almost anything. Now, there is some literature out there that shows that it works for a few things, and um, we may get into that in a later podcast when we talk really about medical marijuana, not just Prop 2, but yeah, it, it may have some uses in medicine, uh, but it certainly isn't going about being made a medicine in the same way any other medicine has ever gone about that. So uh, let's talk about some specific parts of Prop 2 that, that we think are terrible. How do you go about getting medical marijuana in the state of Utah under Prop 2?
1: Okay, so as I understand it, uh, you have to get a physician who will um, then make the decision based on the criteria set forth in Prop 2 um, of whether you should get this medical marijuana card. You have to be over 18. And then you have to have these conditions that a, a physician deems um, puts you in the category of um, a candidate for the prescription card. So. Okay,
0: so who can get that?
1: So I don't know I, why
0: I fell into the role of asking questions. I know. Questions. I'm I know. sorry. Maybe I'm on the spot. I'm I'll, on the spot. Maybe I'll try not what to. Do do that. What do I know?
1: What do I know? So you know, are you talking about? So uh, there's a couple of things that we know are cl- included on the um, criteria list for qualifying. One of the one of the first ones that comes to mind is the ones that I don't necessarily disagree with. As a matter of fact, I don't disagree with them. Intractable epilepsy—that's uh, actually already uh, approved for use in in Utah—and we have some good evidence to show.
0: Is it approved that you can get marijuana or just CBD? CBD. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. CBD. But but that's a uh, CBD is also a Schedule One at this point, right? Right. So, right. So, um, that, that I don't think we have any, I don't have any argument against that. I think we have some good evidence against that. And if people want to use that, I certainly wouldn't vote to not have that. And if this bill was only about that, I don't think this would be as much of an issue. Although again, the way that they're going about it with, well, you can get a card and then you can go into a dispensary and to get a certain amount and then go ahead and use however much you deem is appropriate. Right. Which again is like that's not medicine. Right. Part of medical practice and practicing medicine is trying to figure out the right dose, the right amounts, the right drug to drug interactions with other things that you're taking. You know, this is a this is a process that you know is called practicing medicine it's completely taken out of the equation in this bill
0: so in other words the people determining the dosage are a the patients patient every patient that qualifies gets to buy the maximum amount Yep. and then the other person involved in dosage is the guy working at the dispensary who has very little if any medical training right that's right. And that, at, now in Utah, that's going to, going to be it's uh, it's going to be a little different in Utah maybe than in some states. But these are going to be state run dispensaries. We're not allowing yet private corporations to come in and build dispensaries. These are state built and state run dispensaries. So some state employee who's had some training is going to decide what your dose is going to be. Right. Along with you,
1: unless you but he are, doesn't
0: actually get to decide because you're allowed to buy the maximum amount he's he can make recommendations right
1: right, unless you are a hundred miles away from a dispensary at which point you can grow your own plants uh, at your home and and again, this goes back to how is this medicine? Right. We're growing our own medicine and making our own compounds. Let's not call that medicine. Right. It's not what's going on there. Right.
0: I think that goes against. So a lot of people say, well, it's all natural. Okay. Well, if you grow your own plants at home, that is kind of all natural. But it doesn't qualify for medicine. Right. Exactly. There's no other medicine you get to grow at home.
1: Yeah. Prozac, so,
0: Prozac farms. Prozac farm. That's
1: the only exception I can Let's do think it.
0: Of. <laughs> let's do a Prozac let's compound farm. Compound
1: them in our basement.
0: No, you know what? Let's do. Uh, some of those, I'm not going to name any specific ones, but some of those uh, hepatitis C drugs are really expensive. Oh, yeah. Like $86,000 for a for a 12-week treatment.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Let's grow that at home.
1: That'd be That'd awesome. Be cool. Let's yeah. do a
0: hepatitis C farm. Yeah. Um, okay, that's not. Sorry. Not okay. my best idea. <laughs> Who else can get it? So epilepsy?
1: Epilepsy... Uh, There's some cancers on the, on the pill, So cancer,
0: particularly, uh, cancer and then also chemotherapy. And it may have some benefit in that, like uh, nausea and vomiting from chemotherapy, wasting diseases, cancer and HIV, chronic pain. Now the definition- Okay, now this is, oh, go ahead. The definition of chronic pain is what in this state?
1: Uh, am I saying it right that it's over two weeks? Yep. If you've had pain over two weeks, which ha- is all of us.
0: All you have to do is go into your doctor and say I've had pain for two weeks.
1: Had pain for two weeks, and the doctor thinks that you could become addicted to opiates or have an allergy to opiates or have an issue with opiates. Which, again, statistically, is everyone. That's just about everyone. Let's yeah. be real. Not everyone. But um, yeah, everybody has the potential for opiate addiction. We've proven for sure. that, for you sure. know, from the ninety-year-old uh, in the nursing home to the twelve-year-old who finds, you know, their parents' bottle. You know, it's it's. Uh, it, how do you even predict that, right? Yeah. Of course, you're going to assume that everyone has the potential for for uh, addiction.
0: Again, I'm going to point out that uh, we're going to do another podcast later about medical marijuana, per se. This is intended to be mostly about Prop 2, but um, one of the things we know about marijuana is it in and of itself is addictive. It may not be as addictive as opiates, but it for sure is addictive. And so you're swapping something, one addictive medication for another or one addictive substance for another yeah, um, no,
1: that's going to be controversial, but yes, you're right. I mean, it is. It's addictive, and it's mind what, and mood altering. That's what's just...
0: not controversial, although some people want to make it controversial, is that it is addictive. Yeah. There's no controversy there. Some people will claim it's not, but the the data shows that it's absolutely addictive. Yeah. Okay, who else can get it? Here, uh, there's, so... one, there's one provision that I just hate. <laughs> Do you know which one that is? Yeah. Okay, what is that? Uh,
1: well, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Okay,
0: well, you read my mind pretty um, well.
1: The one where it says that if you have a disorder that less than 200,000 people in the United States have it, you can't, you're can't. you a candidate and you qualify for medical marijuana.
0: Okay. Which is
1: the most bizarre wording I have. I can't say the most, but... It's
0: pretty it bizarre was. wording.
1: Bizarre. What is that?
0: So, come up with a condition for me.
1: Seven fingers.
0: Seven fingers.
1: I, I was born with seven fingers. Seven
0: fingers. I'll bet less than 200,000 people in the United States I'm have I'm going to have to disorder. look up the
1: statistic, but I'm guessing. Yep. I'm guessing. So there. if
0: you have seven fingers, you get to smoke... Well, I don't know. that We can talk about whether you can smoke marijuana or not, because that's not really... Uh, the bill is not necessarily intended for people to smoke it. But you can use med- you can use medical marijuana if you have seven fingers. Now, how in the world... Is using, gonna, using marijuana going to help your condition of having seven fingers? Yeah. You think one finger is... You're talking about seven fingers on one hand or seven total, by the way?
1: No, uh, seven total. Oh, yeah.
0: Seven total? On your... So toes. you've lost three fingers? You've, Do you think You've smoking... had three
1: fingers cut off in a lawnmower as a child.
0: What? Um... So, do you think that uh, smoking marijuana is going to grow one or two of those Probably back? Not. Maybe. Probably. I don't understand not. how that would treat that condition.
1: And I, and I think this is where where it starts muddying things down. I mean, not not only is this uh, you know not a medicine at this point because it can't be properly dosed and distributed, but um, but also the um, the uh, the disorders start becoming really strange. The yeah. qualifiers start becoming like. They start throwing this stuff in and you're like, wait a second. I mean, again, nobody's... I really don't think anyone's going to vote no. I certainly wouldn't. If this was only for an intractable epilepsy disorder... Right. I really don't think that anyone's going to say, oh, absolutely not. Right. You know? But they've thrown in so many bizarre things into this. Um, You know, autism is another one that comes to mind and... Listen, I've worked with autistic children in, in psychiatric care for a while. And, gosh, some, some of those kids are really suffering. Uh, and not just kids, but adults. Um, so, th- so again, this isn't a, uh, oh, we want to make them suffer. But what evidence do we have to support the use of marijuana in autism? I have not well, seen...
0: Well, I, I study the disease, as do you. I study the... the I study the... Um effects of marijuana as, as you do for a living right i mean yeah. it's not we're not marijuana per se experts but we are addiction per se experts and uh one of the things we know is what marijuana does and doesn't do as well as anybody in the nation frankly right this is our job yeah we do this for a living and it's not it's not it doesn't help autism it just doesn't
1: And if it does, we certainly haven't studied it enough to know if that's even true, right? Or the negative side effects potentially of using that for autism.
0: In fact, autism is right. I mean, I'm gonna guess at a negative impact and that is one of the things we know is it does the most damage to the brains of develop, uh, to developing brains, not to adult brains. And so autism tends to be worst in childhood and tends to manifest more severely in kids. And so now you're going to have a bunch of kids smoking pot where it could do more brain damage. I don't see how that could possibly help. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're about out of time for this little segment. We'll okay. do more later. Okay. All good. When
1: we come back, let's talk about the smoking aspect of yes. proposition I c- too because it's also bizarre I wording.
0: Keep, I actually keep saying, I, I actually think I've said on this podcast already a number of times, smoke pot. And there's really bizarre wording about how we're going to administer our pot. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. Thank you. good. Welcome back. So let's talk about some of the other problems with with the bill. One portion of the bill says that marijuana will not be taxed. Now, I wasn't certain on this point, so I went and I did a little study and you know, a little research, and medications are not taxed in the state of Utah. Okay. So if you're going to call this a medical marijuana bill, I can see how maybe not having it taxed could make some sense because no other medications are also not taxed in the state of Utah. Okay. So that part makes sense to me, except this isn't treated anything like any other medications, right? We've already kind of briefly touched on sort of how this is coming to be with it being voted upon by a state rather than going through the FDA and all of that stuff. But there's some other provisions in this bill that would make taxing it make some sense, right? Because to, in order to distribute medical marijuana the state of Utah, and maybe it's done differently in other states, but the way it's written in this bill is the state of Utah is going to set up the dispensaries. Okay, it's not going to be private industry; it's going to be state-run and state-controlled. And so, they're going to be initially either five or seven dispensaries built in the state. And I don't think they've decided on that number yet, but it's either five or seven. And they're all going to be built by the state, and then they're going to be manned by employees. They're going to be uh, the employees are all going to be uh, paid by the state so they're all going to be state employed and they're ha- going to have to go through some specific training. Well, I think that's awesome. Yeah. With with the exception of the fact that now this, this marijuana bill is now going to cost taxpayers millions of dollars because we have to build five to seven dispensaries and that's only initially. There will likely be more as time goes on. I mean, you're not going to be happy being so, for sure, the biggest cities in Utah are going to have a dispensary, right? Salt Lake's going to have yeah. at least one. you got to assume um, Utah County, Provo Oromare is going to have one. you got to assume probably Ogden's going to have one. St. There? George will probably have one. And you're almost to five. Yeah. Right? So, everybody in Salt Lake has to drive to one dispensary, which is kind of a pain. So, eventually, there's going to be five dispensaries in Salt Lake. Yeah eventually there's going to be a couple in Utah County, and there's going to be one in Bountiful and one in Ogden and maybe one in Logan, and, you know, there's going to be 10 to 20 of these things. This bill's going to cost taxpayers millions of dollars. And yet, there is no tax on marijuana. And so, essentially, they're taking my tax dollars and forcing me to uh, help support the state's medical marijuana program. I don't support any other medication... In the state of Utah with my tax dollars. No. But all of a sudden, I, who am not going to partake in marijuana, have to support it. Why wouldn't we just...
1: Tax it. Tax it and... If it's going to be state-run. I mean, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And have the people that are using it pay for it through, the, through their taxes. And that would be sales tax. No. A very specific tax, specific to the fact that you just bought marijuana.
1: What about the profits from self-sustaining that would do okay
0: have to... that's a question that's a good question I don't know that answer like maybe the state's going to make enough profit off of it that it could pay for it and that and that could be that could be true maybe the state's going to have enough of a markup that they yeah. can totally pay for the thing well and if
1: insurance is paying for it I mean I just
0: don't yeah well you're not you, for sure you're for sure right now insurance is not going to pay for it Right, it's not approved on any formulary by any insurance. Right, right, currently, that may change in the future. It could change, but right now it's not on any formulary because essentially these um, insurances are all uh, nationwide, most of them, right? And it's a federal Schedule One controlled substance. So insurances don't want to have one group of rules for the 30 or so states that have passed marijuana and another set of rules for the 20 or so states that haven't. So I don't love that provision so much, but talk about that. What are the ramifications of that? Like, we don't tax other meds. Sometimes people use as their pro-marijuana argument that it's not as harmful as alcohol. We do tax alcohol. Yeah. And it's essentially an over-the-counter medication, sort of. Sure. Right? I mean... Well, people... People are using there's it as a... Yeah, it's essentially a, uh, a legal, no prescription needed, no doctor's approval. Now, that marijuana's a little different because you do have to have a doctor's approval, but there's no dosing involved. Yeah. And you can... And, and the truth is, you don't totally have to have a doctor's approval. And I'll tell you why. So one of the things that they cut out of this bill when they cut it was the requirement for id and
1: yeah i i paid attention to that you had mentioned
0: that yeah so let me tell you what i think i know and then you can uh having read the entire bill you can tell me if you think i'm close or if i've misinterpreted it or something so at the dispensaries you do not have to provide any id you do have to provide a medical marijuana recommendation whether that's a prescription or whatever that is from a doctor mm-hmm. You don't have to even provide ID that that prescription is yours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You do have to provide that thing only, so. Is that
1: gonna have a picture on
0: it? I don't. I doubt it, it's probably just gonna be a like a prescription from a doctor.
1: Like a love note?
0: Yeah, like a love note. Okay. Not like a love note. Listen, they're trying to treat it like a med. Probably you could write on a prescription pad, uh, patient is cleared for medical marijuana. Yeah. Although the state will likely have some form. I don't know if it'll have a picture or not. That's but the point question. is, is
1: that it doesn't specify in the in the bill currently. It doesn't specify that it has to be a picture ID. Yeah, you called. do not
0: have to show a state issued ID yeah. like you do for many other things. Yeah, like you do for alcohol.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or like you do for every other prescription. Mm-hmm. They always ask you for your ID. Yeah. So, um but they don't for this. You don't have to go into the dispensary and show your driver's license or something with a picture on it necessarily. So uh I'm bothered by that provision a little bit. And then the second part of the provision
1: Well, mostly just for because of diversion, right? You're just worried that anybody's gonna be able to go in. Yeah. Hey, I got a medical marijuana card. You can Yeah. You can say you're Billy.
0: Yeah, well the the truth is if you're there has got to be and again i haven't read the bill totally so i don't know this but there has to be a way to uh there's gonna have to be a way for the state to track who has picked up their marijuana for the week but if you pick up half of what you're allowed to pick up and your brother sees your medical marijuana card he can grab it and go pick up the other half Mm. or anybody that can that finds your medical marijuana card so yeah the 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 uh, the diversion is a real possibility in this scenario. The other thing that I thought was weird about ID is if you get pulled, if you somehow get stopped by the police, and by stopped I don't always mean stopped in your car, but I mean for some reason the police are at your house and they discover you have marijuana. All you have to do, and this is uh, this I believe is actually spelled out in the bill, all you have to do is say to the cop that you have a condition that would have allowed you to get medical marijuana and you won't be charged.
1: Yeah, that's some retroactive... There's a 19-month window where they, I think, allow you to even go backwards from from before the bills even passed Yeah. to drop, get charges dropped based on whether you would have qualified. Yeah. You know, so which is really interesting. So it wasn't legal, and now it is if the bill passes. And then you get to you go back to before backwards backwards it was legal, and say, "Well, this would have been legal." That does doesn't make sense to yeah, me either. I, right. I don't understand why they would even put that in. Again, I think muddying the the whole purpose. If this is about helping, I always go back to the, you know, because. I go back to the intractable epilepsy because that's the vi- those are the videos that the proponents are showing on, you know, you see it on social media and the news and, you know, how could you possibly not help this child who is suffering, you know, and it's such an emotional when draw. I think,
0: I think your point earlier in the podcast was nobody doesn't want to help that child. Yeah. The pro-marijuana people want to help that child. The anti-medical marijuana people want to help that child. Everybody wants to help that child.
1: Yeah, but all these other things that are thrown in there... But just then
0: they're, ta- really yeah, they're, weird. They're, they're, they're attaching a bunch of other weird provisions and conditions and, and stuff like that. Speaking of going back, there is also a provision in there that if we find out at a later date through medical research that marijuana is extremely harmful...
1: Oh, this is the other part. I that think I hate. it can't.
0: I think you can't go back and make it
1: illegal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a provision in there about that. Now, there's got to be loopholes around that. I mean, there's got to be loopholes around that. I think. But from my reading of, I mean, from the stuff that I've read, if we find out at a later date that it's harmful, we can't go back and make it illegal in yeah. the state. What a weird provision for so, a bill. So
1: so strange.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Because we've
1: done that with, I mean, Vioxx is the one that comes to mind, right? Right. Find out that this.
0: Tell uh, tell the listeners if they don't know about Vioxx, tell them that little story. Yeah,
1: we had this great anti-inflammatory out. What is it, in the '90s?
0: Mm, yeah, I think 90-ish. so. Yeah, I was I was practicing medicine.
1: Okay. Worked really well, and uh, until they discovered that it caused a heart condition, and people were dying uh from the from the use but also having having um significant heart conditions and they and 27,000 comes to mind but uh uh as far as negative intent a uh, uh, negative consequences of the of the medication and uh, they pulled the the drug from the market you can no longer get biox and that's that's one case where it's like okay this was this was a bad idea and we need to pull it but Do I anticipate 27,000 people dying from marijuana use? No. But what if we were to link it to first episode psychosis and very specifically correlate it?
0: So I don't think we know. I think one of the things that we do have some experience from other states on is that for example, in Colorado, marijuana related traffic fatalities, were about 9% of all traffic fatalities. Seems like a kind of a high number.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one in 10.
0: Yeah. But after they passed the their marijuana bill, now mind you, they have a legal, I mean they have a medical and a recreational yeah. marijuana bill. But after they passed that bill, then marijuana-related traffic fatalities jumped to 20% of all traffic fatalities. Yeah, well, so it doubled. Yeah. Now, you double marijuana-related traffic fatalities in the country, could that equal 20,000? Yeah, it might. I don't know. I actually don't know the stats on that, but it might. That's a good point. It's super interesting the way we treat some of these addictive chemicals because for certain, alcohol causes way more deaths per year in the United States than Vioxx ever caused. Yeah and yet we still fight tooth and nail to make sure that stays legal. Yeah. So, um, now, uh, now I get it, we've tried to make it illegal before, that was wildly unsuccessful mm-hmm. as well, but I think that shows you the depths of kind of how far people will go to make sure they can still get their weekend buzz.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a little sad, but uh, I get it, it's a, it is what it is. Can you think of anything else about the bill that you want to discuss? Okay, so um, we're about out of time. But I think lastly, maybe we wanna touch on the smoking thing. We've kind of briefly mentioned it, but there is a provision in the bill that is trying to keep, I think trying to keep marijuana from being smoked. And the provision says that you can't use a flame to combust it and it cannot be uh, the device you use cannot be uh, over 750 degrees now I actually don't know the uh temperature of like a vape I'm not really sure what the temperature can be I think Uh, you might be able to control uh, it I
1: looked this up it was 250 to 350 something around there okay so for sure you can vape it vapes make sense it also says that you can't use a flame
0: yeah so I said open flame so yeah. yeah So, so, um, that, it's
1: a, uh, it was, it's in, that's interesting because, um, my understanding is that, uh, marijuana is combustible at 500 degrees. Um, but there's also other ways to light a cigarette or a joint. Um, that are not flame. That are not open flame. Yeah. They have electronic
0: well, lighters. I, mean, I got a lighter in my car.
1: I work, well, there you go, right? It's not We've an open flame. have been using that since the 60s or since. I don't know, whenever we decided to throw those in
0: cars. Yeah, whenever smoking became so important that we had to put a lighter in a car.
1: Yeah. But we use them at uh, psychiatric hospital, uh, in hospital settings all the time. We don't want the patients to have open flames, so we have uh, electronic um, flame, cigarette lighters. Flame-free flame
0: free cigarette lighters?
1: Yep. Okay. To, to make, so, so that would mean what? We can smoke it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that you're not allowed to smoke it publicly. Um, that was in the bill. So that's interesting. And then, and then another thing about... Let's go back to when you were talking about traffic accidents. You know, you in the bill it says that you can be punished for driving under the influence of marijuana. That's interesting, right? Because if you are taking this as a prescribed medication you're under the influence of marijuana all the time.
0: Right? Well, if you're taking it for a condition that requires you to have marijuana all the time, yeah. The half for type. example, um, epilepsy, you would want some marijuana actively in your system all of the time if you're trying to prevent seizures. Yeah. Now, yeah, now we have now, the same
1: case for opiates. I mean, and benzos, We you're not supposed to drive on those either, and yet
0: you're not, somehow people
1: are getting around. You
0: can't drive under the influence of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah and I think you know uh, it brings up an interesting argument that I've heard before. Uh I I've, I've thrown out those numbers of in Colorado marijuana related traffic accidents went up from 9% before the marijuana bill was passed to 20% of all fatalities mm-hmm. uh after it was passed. Um and then and then I'll get a rebuttal from a pro marijuana person that will say something like well those numbers are really fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Well They are a little fuzzy, right? It's hard to tell for sure. If it's a traffic fatality and the guy that caused the traffic fatality dies, it's going to be hard to test whether he was actually under the influence or just had marijuana in his his system. system. But I do know that they call a marijuana-related traffic fatality. It can't just be because he has marijuana in his system. There has to be some evidence of impaired driving before... The fatality for them to call it a marijuana related traffic fatality that's interesting you can't just run into a guy die or run into another car i mean and die and then they draw blood and find marijuana in your system they call that a marijuana related traffic fatality it has to be has to be some evidence that you appeared sort of impaired before you had the accident so a report of you wandering all over the road or you know things like that some erratic driving Stuff like that, where it appears you're driving impaired, and then you die, and they find marijuana levels in your system that are relatively high.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Anything else you can think of?
1: You know, I think I think the uh, conclusion to this is, and what I real the message I really want um, in this podcast is, um, there's too many there's too many strange aspects to this bill that that make it so that it's not really something that we should endorse as a society. I think that we can look towards um, improved research. Changing this from a Schedule 1 to a Schedule 2 makes sense. Let's let's study it. Let's talk about it. That's a point a lot
0: of people would support, I think.
1: I do too. I, I would totally support that. You know, let's find out what disorders it does help. Let's not just throw in random, oh, and by the way, if you've had pain for more than two weeks, you qualify. Let's find out really the long-term effects of daily marijuana use, um, even in edible form. Uh, let's find out um, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Let's find out dosing. Let's find out what it takes to make those effects happen. Could it be even that marijuana at sub, um, uh, therapeutic, no, su- uh, sub euphoria. Okay. You know, could this be a, well, this, you don't even need to get high. Um, you could take it in such small amounts that you won't even notice. It's not no longer mind or mood altering. We take away the addictive properties. I don't know. I just think that there's a bunch of of amazing things that can happen potentially, but we're
0: not there yet. Yeah. We're so not there. There is I uh, you touched on this earlier, but some of the things that are really helpful about t- about marijuana come from the CBD component, which is not mind altering, which is not addictive, which does not produce euphoria. Right. And so, but we're so early in the research that we just haven't delineated what all those conditions could be and which ones whole plant marijuana might help and which ones, just certain components might help. So I think you're right. I think we're early in marijuana study. Part of that comes from the fact that it's a schedule one drug, so it's more difficult to study. I think a move to schedule two would be awesome, but I definitely think we just need a lot more info before we start randomly voting on this bill, which has all kinds of flaws.
1: Yeah. Like the, oh, by the way, if we find out in the future that it's bad for society, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And we did, we just, it, it feels so rushed.
0: It's, it's where's the, very where's rushed. Where's the,
1: why? Why the emergency right now? Well,
0: exactly. I mean, the pro marijuana people want to get it done as soon as possible. Yeah. And I, I get that, I guess, if you think marijuana cures everything or has no bad side effects. But for sure, that's not true. Right. So I think a rational next move would be if we could somehow push to get it moved to Schedule Two so we could really academicians could do real study on what marijuana does and doesn't do and what things it harms and what things it doesn't harm. Then you could really have a basis to make make it into something. So take home message from me is I think it's a bad bill. Don't vote for prop two. It's a bad bill. I'm not against medical marijuana, but this is not a great. This is not even a good medical marijuana bill. What's your take-home message?
1: Uh, amen. Okay. Hallelujah. I like it. Let's study it more. Let's take our time on this. There's, I, I, we. This has been illegal for since Adam and Eve. No, just kidding. I don't know. But it's been it's been illegal for so long. Why are we rushing this? Why does it have to be immediately right now? Um, let's give everyone the opportunity to actually read the 29 pages. If you are going to vote yes on this, please make sure you read all 29 pages and note both sides of the argument, not just the stuff you've read from the proponents of the bill saying this is so amazing and this is going to help so many children who are suffering. That's potential, that's potentially true, but we're, we're throwing a bunch of other things into the bill that I think we should really look at before we make a good decision on this. If at the end of the day, you still decide yes, then, then, uh, you know, that's the, uh, that's democracy. Okay. I'll support that, but make sure you're fully informed before you make that decision.
0: Great summary. This has been our ramblings on addiction. We call our podcast two doctors on a drive. Thank you for listening and we'll hope to see you next week.
1: Thank you. Have a beautiful day.